2: Here's your host, Timmy Up on v the Sports Betting Network.
3: It's a great day to be alive and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the v studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line. Going three wide once again, the triple option on a football Friday. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. And Mike Pritchett, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League. Former first-round pick and a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes in the
4: early 90s. Gentlemen, how we doing on this football Friday morning? Good. Good. good? Excited for uh, Ohio State, Penn State tomorrow. Game. I think that's going to be a heck of a game. I'm not sure, um, you know, you have the history of Franklin... In, in that game, which has just been so awful. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. I actually think they might be the more talented side, at yeah. least mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll see what happens. Obviously a huge setup in the in the Big Ten and then the national title race. You know, this is the thing about a Big Ten game, mm-hmm. a show a showcase yeah. game. It's like is it gonna live
5: up to being a showcase game or is it going to turn into a Big Ten game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's it's a good question. Guy. This one has all the brilliance, right? I don't mean to knock the Big this, Ten. This, this or, from Oregon, guy Washington
4: lived up. This from a guy who played in the Big Eight. The yeah, Big, but the here, Big, here Big Eight we, here we go. The Big Eight was exciting. What are you talking about? No. Uh, we, I mean, yeah, 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 with all those option offenses. <laughs> sure, absolutely really exciting. National West championship yeah, every, I,
5: I, year. Every, every year. Oklahoma, Nebraska, Colorado. It's like the SEC. A beast. Sure, absolutely, but but the Big Ten will put you to sleep sometimes, and I'm not anticipating stating that for this game let's hope right, right. yeah
4: <laughs> total is down to 45 and a half so my, my uh, dad my dad was a huge bears fan right? okay and 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 it would you know because they'd have like third and 18 and they'd run an end around with Dennis Gentry and he'd go, to
1: that Big Ten
4: football, they got to get out of that Big Ten mentality. Right, yeah. right, right.
3: right. Well, the Big Ten football will be where all eyeballs are in college yeah. football tomorrow. We'll get down to that game and break it down. Uh, we have Zach Cohen who will be joining us later on at one forty-five Eastern time, 10.45 Pacific will help us Analyze Ohio State Penn State also analyze the Heisman market as we're now halfway through this season You're looking at me. It's an interesting market Mike Palm where Mike nah. Michael Penix
4: has become the odds-on favorite you, Especially when market. you
5: cornered the market like Femi and Bebefe. Well, we're he's trying right
4: to <laughs> Well, but I thought you had a bad beat. It was tough. <laughs> no, no, Oregon was the better team They were, they they were by, were. They were by the far team. the better team and they they're still not out of this. No, it depends not. what happens in other conferences but if they run the table and beat Washington in the Pac-12 title. The they playoff. have, a, I mm-hmm. think, they have a good shot of beating yeah. the class. But yeah. they were definitely the better team on Saturday. I was I looking thought.
3: at, I was telling our producer Elliot Bowman before <laughs> the uh, the show started. I was looking at the live markets while the game was going uh-huh. on. And when Oregon had that drive and they just gotten a couple first downs, they would have won the game. Bo Nix was actually the co-favorite with Michael mm. Penix, so it's like you go from being three to one co-favorite, which I'm sure he would have just assumed the favorite role had they won the game, okay. and then they missed the field goal at the end as, as the game expired. I hated the third down play <laughs> call. Took, the yeah. third and yeah. two play call right. was
4: really bad because yeah. if they make right two more first downs, they ran out the last seven minutes of the game to win it. They yeah. win the game. Uh, yeah. They win the game. That, but that's that's how crazy these awards markets are. Now, he's, so 20 he's, <laughs>
3: now he's twenty to one. He's twenty to one. Go from potential yeah. favorite to now back to twenty to one. Well, so no, would you
5: back up that ticket? I mean, I know you already have a Nix ticket. So here's the thing. Here's scenario mm-hmm. on a neutral field, which that Pac-12 championship game is here in Vegas, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's going to be interesting if that is a rematch again, because there's no more divisions uh, is it is it some value here? Would you not double down, but would you look in investing on that ticket again? Well, no, it definitely crossed my mind. I'm glad
3: you asked me that. I think right now is kind of a time to just chill based okay. on Washington's next two opponents. They're big favorites tomorrow against Arizona State. Right. Then they get Stanford the week after that. It would be a stunner if they lost either of those games. Mm-hmm. So Penix is probably going to have big numbers. Let's maybe wait for Penix mm-hmm. to drift out to maybe minus 200 after these next couple of weeks. And then, then, then I think is when you attack and
4: yeah. go ahead and bet into this thing once they start playing a tougher opponent. You probably can still get close to twenty to one on Bo Nix heading into its potential Pac-12 title yeah, rematch. It, be won't, it won't be much lower than yeah. that. I mean, yeah. you could wait to make sure they don't stumble again. Obviously, yep. they have USC. On the card at Utah
5: in a couple weeks. Well, I mentioned that family corner the market. Like, how many oh, Heisman wow, Trophy? It's like long shots. Tickets <laughs> do you have oh, Come on, come on. Let's not do that. Let's not do that on this <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: curious. Like, I have three many, bets. I did oh, three bets. Three. I Only three. Okay. I have three. So it sounded like you had a lot more. <laughs> no. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just invested heavily. <laughs> he considers heavily. everything. Okay. consider. Well, you, consider. Right. You, you never know. Okay. Uh, we have, we have the Bo Nicks at thirty yep. to one. We bet Jaden Daniels thirty to one before the Ole Miss loss. I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. He had just won that game, yeah. Uh, and then after Red River, I bet some Dylan Gabriel okay. twelve to one. Okay, because I think Dylan Gabriel actually has a pretty good chance too with Oklahoma potentially going undefeated. And hey, Oklahoma is known for pushing out Heisman yeah. Trophy winners, so why not another? Uh, <laughs> that's where we sit right now in the Heisman. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's talk about what we saw last night, Thursday night football. Jacksonville Jaguars as two and a half point underdogs beat the New Orleans Saints 31-24. Game flies over the total, which is actually surprising. Saints had been 6-0
4: and to the under up until this game here. 13 uh, in a row. When you go back to last year, unders and Saints games. Wow. 13 in a row. That's, wow. that's crazy. Yeah. Well,
3: this one went over uh, at 31-24, to and I have thoughts on this game, but I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts first. Uh, what was kind of your main takeaways with Jacksonville now uh, improving to 5-2? and two?
4: Uh, If I'm a Saints better or a Saints backer, I hate Derek Carr's body language. Mm -hmm. I hate his effect. That's my takeaway from the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did Olave break off the route too soon? He threw the ball 12 yards out of bounds. How can he come back and (laughs) blame Olave? And Mm -hmm. then, like, every coaching decision, if they're going to punt, if they're going to kick, he's, like, yelling his face. Like, uh, to me, there's no accountability Mm -hmm. for himself in his head. Uh, I know Moreau's supposed to catch the ball, Mm -hmm. but every time he held the ball was unsuccessful for them. The only times they were successful when they got it out quick. Right,
5: exactly. (laughs) Um,
4: You know, and there's so
5: much to take away from this game. (laughs) I think for betters, if you listen to the broadcast, you can get some tips. Herb Street was crushing Derek Carr, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, In the red zone in particular. And that's Derek Carr's downfall. He doesn't want to let it rip. He doesn't see the quicker windows. He doesn't anticipate and Herb Street kept highlighting that. And in production meetings, that's what they focus on. Like, look, this is the information we're getting from coaches. This is the information we're getting from everybody. And this is what we're focusing on. So if you can file that stuff away about p- particular players or the information you can get from a broadcasting crew that has those production meetings, that can play out for you in a big way. It pays dividends for me, certainly. Mm-hmm. But Derek Carr has never been a red zone guy. We knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought Jacksonville, when you look at their roster, Peterson is, in and, and that roster is underachieving. When you look at ATN, you look at Lawrence, you look at Ingram, you look at uh, Kirk, you look at uh, all Ridley. these guys, Ridley. I mean, yeah. they should be, and they are lighting up the scoreboard. They're almost averaging 30 points a game in the last three games, last four games, right? And they're on a four-game winning streak. And
4: they didn't even play their best game last night. Can I can I stop you and sure. just, and, and ask a question? They're quietly five and two. Mm-hmm. They lead their division. They won a playoff game and we're a ninety-seven yard Chad Henney drive away from being in the AFC championship. Game. <laughs> right. How much are they underachieving? Well,
5: <laughs> in in turn well, okay, <laughs> to your point. Yeah, they could have been yeah, there. Maybe yeah. they're not underachieving, right. but they didn't look like they should. They should have They should have blew the doors off of New Orleans last night, right?
4: Well, the game's
5: 24-9 or whatever. Right.
4: I, I could have never conceived New Orleans would get that game tied.
5: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I guess that's where I have the impression yeah, of yeah. Mm-hmm. underachieving. Like, just put them away. Just step on their throat, whatever. But, you know. And I'm scared. I'm nervous for them because I think they got a great, great roster. They're young enough, too.
4: But it's like, are they going to be developed enough to be there at the end? Uh, Or are they going to be inconsistent? Ryan Fitzpatrick, sorry, Femi. Ryan Fitzpatrick on the pregame show said, Trevor Lawrence is a 15 through 18 quarterback in the the league, and he should be a top 10. Do you Hmm. agree with that? Hmm. I think he can be. But, but do you think he's a 15 through 18 oh, guy right now? well, he, could, he should be. He's a, be mid, in a mid-level he, quarterback? Yeah. I would yeah, say like a 10 to 14. Yeah, I think that's a little yeah, low. He's I, a
5: mid-level guy, but <laughs> he could be in the top 10. And that's what yeah. I, I guess that <laughs> goes back to my underachieving <laughs> uh, aspect of it. Because you look around him and all the talent they have and what they were doing, uh, it, it's like Peterson in the scheme. But you get to a matchup situation. Okay, Christian Kirk, boom, touchdown. Uh, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence being able to run the ball I know he had the knee injury but the guy is a tough player um, it's just like this offense is being held back and then defensively uh, they are improving but that's the, that's the makeup of this team that has a lot of people excited is that they're young enough and they can improve far enough to really be there at the end if they're not held back though
3: yeah no I, I think it's Lawrence conversation is really interesting last night he was 20 of 29 204 yards and a touchdown and all off season, I feel like the term that I've been using, the phrase I've used to describe Trevor Lawrence is that I think we're filling in the blanks because mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence has a lot of pedigree, big time recruit out of high school, won a national title at Clemson, number one overall pick. The expectation is that he's going to join the Mahomeses, the Burroughs, the Allens, uh, all those guys as like an upper echelon quarterback, but he's just not there yet, yeah. even just from the eye test of watching mm-hmm. it. But I do pretty want to get back to the New Orleans side of things yeah. and the point of Chris Olave and Derek Carr. As a wide receiver, you've been a wide receiver, you've played with great quarterbacks you Mm -hmm. played with guys that aren't as heralded Mm -hmm. when the quarterback seems to be kind of showing you up like that especially on national tv what's that like for a wide receiver like can this relationship with Olave and Carr can the chemistry develop or are they already off to kind of a bad start because last night was a really really eye-opening kind of deal there with Olave and Carr yeah no
5: no Femi it's off to a bad start I don't know how they repair it I mean Derek Carr is a temporary he's a stopgap anyway Alave's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and Alave knows that, right? Uh, Bobby Aber came out strongly against this offense. And Bobby Aber is a legend. He's the Hall of Famer with the uh, Saints, uh, for one of my former quarterbacks. And he came out strongly uh, against Eric Carr and certainly against this offense. Uh, and I think the broadcast even alluded to it. There's going to have to be some changes being made uh, with this offense and what they're doing. I've been in New Orleans better for the last two years. And I learned my lesson. Mm. Uh, because they they are a team that will underachieve and they'll break your heart and and hurt your your bankroll too. So I say away from them, I bet against them. Uh, If anything on that game last night, I would have been on uh, Jacksonville. But no, you cannot cannot fake injuries, Femi, and then (laughs) show up your wide receiver at the same time. You can't do that if you're Derek Carr. You're synthetic, you're plastic, you're fake, right? And it Mm. comes across that way. The groin
3: injury magically
5: healed on oh the my goodness right uh, i know you pull that thing you know when you pull a groin injury you don't just reach down and oh ooh, wait a minute what's going on no funny how that worked <laughs> yeah. last night uh yeah i
3: the saints they had me on yesterday on beast in Primetime and we we're talking about the game and i had i had no bet in the game but i said as a favorite i would not be putting my hard-earned dollars on dennis allen and Derek carr I just can't do it, especially when the other side has a competent head coach and a competent quarterback. And it ended up playing out that way. Like, I just don't think the Saints are a team that you want to be backing and a favorite role. And uh, they now are three and four. We'll talk more about this game and also get you some of the news and notes from around the league today. This is the Lombardi Line here on the v Sports Betting Network.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and I'm Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafei, on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: Become a VSIMP Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our vsin.com slash picks page, sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSIMP Experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSIMP expert has the hot hand. For VSIMP Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access, become a VSIMP Pro subscriber today. Sign up today for only $19 for your first month at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line hanging out with you guys from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here breaking things down. We will get to the NFL news and notes shortly, but I do want to ask you guys one last question here on the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off their 31-24 victory last night on Thursday Night Football. But we do have this note in the rundown. Most wins since week 12 of last season, 49ers are number one with 12 victories. But tied at second, the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. And these very Jacksonville Jaguars, what do you guys need to see going forward before you kind of put Jacksonville in the kind of contending category in the AFC?
4: Well, I need to look at their schedule because I need to see them beat a good team, right? They struggled at home. They couldn't score against Kansas City. That's a game at home and perfect weather early mm-hmm. in the year. Um, can, can they go and win in, in you know, at a at a Baltimore, at a Cleveland, um, out of Cincinnati. Can they go and win and and be a legitimate threat to win two or three games and get to a Super Bowl in the playoffs? I need to see that to Pritch's point, could be consistent offensively for sixty minutes, right? Play a whole game. Um but, you know, they've got the tools. What did they win? Seven out of eight to make the playoffs last mm-hmm, year yeah. and then had that big comeback against the Chargers and played well. They played tight games against Kansas yeah. City. They they they, don't, they haven't gotten over the hump. But that's probably what I'd need to see. Because I think while they're good and f- at five and two, I still think there's probably three teams in the AFC North better than them.
5: Right. And it, and it comes down to pedigree, I think, and experience that standpoint. And, and you know, I, I think from a young team standpoint, uh, if Jacksonville has the confidence, can they keep winning? Can they keep playing an elite level? I think so. Uh, it, it's just the inconsistency of that, right? And um, there, there's so much to love about this roster. Uh, and you could put this roster up against a lot of other teams that are contenders. Uh, it's just the nature of the youth on the team uh, and the lack of pedigree. and And can they can they win those tight games when when the pressure is on, I guess. And pressure changes everything, really. And uh, you, you you have this gauntlet of Pittsburgh, San Francisco, um, I'll throw in Houston who's improved too, mm-hmm. then Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore. You have to be mentally ready for that. Not mm-hmm. the talent and the physical uh, prowess that they have right now. You have to be mentally ready uh, to, to make that run. So th- that's the biggest question I have about Jacksonville right now.
3: Looking at that schedule, and I'm, sure I'm glad you listed off those teams there because that is not easy. Mm-mm. Now, a lot of those Mm-mm. games they will get at home. They get the Niners at home. They get the Bengals at home. But next week, on the road at Pittsburgh, on the road at Houston, November mm-hmm. 26, and on the road at Cleveland. Then you get Baltimore at home in Week 15. Their adjusted season win total is sitting at 10 and a half. I bet under 10 and a half this summer, and I'm honestly considering going back to the well and betting some more because, I, based on what I've seen through seven games. I don't think that th- that's a team that's going to go out and maybe win three or four of those games with the upcoming opponents that they
5: have. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, there, there's, we think Miami could be an elite team, but we really don't know, <laughs> right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, they lost to Buffalo. They could lose to the Eagles. And then, okay, what are we going to say about Miami? So who's the elite teams in the AFC? Uh,
4: there isn't any. Well, really. you, ha- you don't You have to say the defending Super Bowl champ is an elite team. You know, but they're sputtering, though. And winning. And they're winning, though, winning. in spite of that. And You're winning. right. You're right. And it's a one-point loss sure. to a Detroit team that's been very impressive. Mm-hmm. And, you with know, no Travis Kelsey. With no Travis line. Kelsey yeah. and... Um, you know, Tony gave that game away with the drops and the drop pick six, <laughs> yeah, right? Did, I mean, he, he really did. did. Yeah, he did, right? So right. They, they just continue to win. They're not as explosive offensively, mm-hmm. they've been impressive defensively. I mean, I think you have to list them as the number one team in the AFC, right? Well, now. yeah, they're defending champions. I mean, I'll go as far as that. But, you know, I, I think everybody's <laughs> ready to semantics go. It's semantics you here on Friday. But
5: <laughs> the thing about it, though, is Miami is what everybody <laughs> wants to talk about and this mm-hmm. offense and the genius of Mike McDaniel and all this stuff. Right. But it, it, they're not mentioning, nobody's mentioning Kansas city. Kansas city is just prodding along. Uh, and, and they are winning,
4: but are they going to get home field advantage? I'm curious on your thoughts on that. Mm. Well, who, wh- what division games are they going to lose? The chargers aren't going to, to me, put okay. up much. They're going to sweep Denver. They're yeah. gonna probably going to sweep the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Right. So in division, I don't see them having any blemishes. Um, Maybe only Miami, I think, would, would be the other choice for who would have home field in the AFC.
3: We'll see those two teams play in a few weeks right. over in Germany, neutral site game, which, I mean, <laughs> shout out to that one, 6.30 <laughs> on the West Coast time. But I think that game is going to go a long way in deciding who gets that one seat. I yeah. mean... We, we haven't talked about Buffalo. Buffalo lost to Jacksonville in London Buffalo. a couple weeks ago. Buffalo's already uh, beaten Miami.
4: Buffalo should have lost to the Giants they have on Sunday Night but they
3: From, a, have fr- have from they a tiebreaker <laughs> standpoint, though, yeah, they've yeah, already yeah, beaten right. the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Like like mm-hmm. I, We've talked about all this Miami stuff, yeah. but there's no guarantee they even win their own division. Yeah. So, no, there's not. There's so not. We shall see what happens. We'll get into that game Sunday Night Football. That's the one I'm really excited for. But let's get to some of these news and notes. The first one, though, out of Cleveland, Deshaun Watson is reportedly questionable with the right shoulder injury. He's practiced yesterday and today actually being able to throw the football around James Palmer, NFL Network, able to report that news there. So the line now is back up to three. We saw that movement come in yesterday. Uh, Now I'm seeing even some three minus 120 in the market as uh, Cleveland's appearing to get bet here on the road against the Indianapolis Colts.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean at some point they're going to have to start winning games to make the playoffs. They can't, they can't screw around too much and I think him being at practice is an indicator he's going to play in this game. Um, Indianapolis, which the season looks so promising with Richardson getting off to that yeah, start it's now, a you know they got, they got the doors blown off them in Jacksonville uh, last weekend. So um, Cleveland comes into this game off high with momentum with their quarterback back. Three is probably the right number here.
5: Yeah, I think so. I mean, everything is going to factor into the quarterback, but I'm looking at the makeup of Cleveland right now. Offensive lines banged up. Uh, Is it uh, Betonio? Yep. Uh, He's banged up with a knee. Uh, They already already lost Conklin. It's like the identity of the team is kind of changing a little bit offensively. Now, defensively, they're going to get after that, but Mm -hmm. uh, against the Colts and Minshew. Uh, And so you wonder if Gus Bradley on the other side has anything to help out uh, the Colts at home against Cleveland in the offense. Again, offensively, Cleveland's changed. I think Stefanski is up against it from the, in that regard, but maybe they can score uh, defensively or certainly limit
4: uh, opportunities for the Colts. I think they can still run the ball. Yeah. I, I know the offensive line, and I know you lose your probably the best back in the game. I think they can still. They were able to run the ball against San Francisco enough to mm. keep their defense off the field. Yeah, That's the whole key for them. They can't play 32 <laughs> minutes of defense and win. Do we think this number goes to three and a half?
3: Because we're seeing three minus one twenty here at Circuit. It's three minus one fifteen. So even the juice is leaning towards Cleveland. Once Watson is confirmed in, right now sitting at questionable. Do we actually get a little bit more of a tick in favor of the Browns?
4: I mean, this is if you want to bet the Browns, this is draft teams at one ten. That three is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be
3: mean, like, if you go 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 and bet it at DK if you want to bet Cleveland, because I think that there's a chance that maybe this closes three and a half just based on so much Brown's love. And it feels like these teams like the Cleveland's defense is sort of the team of the week. Last week, it was the 49ers out for their win against the Dallas Cowboys a week prior. It was Buffalo heading overseas to London. They lose the game. It's just, it feels like kind of when we crown these teams, sometimes they get into a little bit of pitfalls. Mm -hmm. Curious to see how Cleveland handles this game at Indy, where I'm sure nobody is really itching to, to back Gardner Minshew. Well, Uh, the thing about Gardner though, guys is
5: like, is he, is he consistently bad or is he just inconsistent? So in other mm -hmm. words, Uh, Mom, spaghetti last week, right? The guy was horrible. (laughs) Is he going to be horrible again? Or is he the type of quarterback that gives you more the next time out? Like to me, he's been that type of quarterback where, yeah, he's, oh my God. That's why he's a backup. But then all of a sudden you're like, well, why isn't he a starter now when he has a performance? And it feels like he's more consistent in that regard. Now, again, against Cleveland defense, he's probably going to look like he did last week. I, I think that would be the perception Right. But with a running game and they got a great offensive line too themselves when they play well, um, it, it gets interesting to me in terms of taking the points or even looking at some teaser situations here.
3: Yeah, it certainly interests me as well. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. But and I think also in the analysis of this game Cleveland's defense is elite mm-hmm. Indianapolis's defense is pretty good as right, well right and Indianapolis defense kind of got done wrong last week Minshew put them in bad spots with the mm-hmm. four turnovers oh my God. and all that stuff but if you look at some of Jacksonville's offensive numbers from last week's game they weren't that great right and I think that was one of the reasons why we saw the Jags get bet against last night but they went ahead and took care of business uh, minute left real quick here the game in the Windy City <laughs> we have two backup <laughs> quarterbacks we have uh, Justin Fields oh. already been ruled out Jimmy Garoppolo ruled out as well which means we will either get for the Raiders eight O'Connell or Brian Hoyer against Tyson Bajent for the Chicago Bears. Any interest of you in this game? Raiders right now, two and a half point favorites total down to 37 and a half.
5: Go ahead, Pritch. Oh, they're two and a half point favorites <laughs> And the guy over the quarterback in Chicago. Nobody knows. And Chicago is not a good team. Um I mean, it's an early start for the Raiders. Enough said. I, I'm staying away from this
4: game. I don't yeah. know anything about that quarterback for yeah. the Bear. I know he came in really- the fourth quarter against the Vikings, and actually they had a drive where they had a shot to tie the game. And then they, I don't know why they threw the ball deep there, but right, it's, right. It's, really, mm-hmm. I mean, they were they're moving
3: the ball down. The genius of Luke
4: Yetzy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But
3: what I know about Bajan is that he was really productive at Division Two Shepherd. Is what, is what at least his box. Where is Shepard? I have no clue where Shepard is. <laughs> Tweet at us and let us know where, where Shepard is because uh, n- not really sure. Virginia, apparently, is, uh, is, is what our producer, Elliott Bowman, is telling us. We'll be back to talk a little college football on the other side. <laughs>
2: This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Tamiya Beppafei, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Basketball season is ready to tip off, and the VEASAN experts have been hard at work tracking the latest player moves to help you bet smarter. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get our all-new NBA betting guide featuring up-to-date previews on all 30 teams, futures, and year-long player props, best bets on player awards like Rookie of the Year, live betting strategies, plus strategy and advice on building your own NBA betting model from senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Toble Give yourself an edge this season and get the VEASAN NBA betting guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com subscribe subscribe. subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Mike Pritchard on the far end. Mike Palm in the middle. Femi Bebefe here on the left side of your screen. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll do a little bit of college football with Zach Cohen, VEASAN betting analyst and writer. You can check out all of his work over on vsin.com. We'll get Zach's thoughts on Ohio State, Penn State, and all the other games on the college football card that are marquee. And then we'll get some Heisman thoughts from our buddy Zach Cohen because he writes a Heisman column each and every week. But let's get into some of these marquee games in the NFL. Sunday Night Football, I don't want to call this the game of the year because every time we've said game of the year we've had bad luck and the game ends up being a blowout so let's just say good game that is expected on sunday night eagles two and a half point favorites total 51 and a half where do you guys begin to break this one down
4: i haven't talked to anybody that likes miami rich which yeah. scares me mm-hmm. that everybody's on the eagles in, the, in this spot um i don't know if you can draw all the comparisons to when they visited orchard park miami and were dominated by the Bills in that game, although they kind of matched them score for score for the first quarter Mm -hmm. uh, and a half. Um, I'm not sure the health of Philadelphia defensively, um, but, you know, why Sirianni doesn't run the ball out of the two-minute warning there? They win that game. You're not telling me that Zach Wilson, you're going to give him the ball at the 10-yard line with a minute and he's going to go 60 yards to kick a field goal? I don't see it. So, I mean, that that was a winnable game. They lost. Maybe that's good for them. Does it refocus them? I don't know. They're the defending champs. They had the long winning streak to start the year. I'm not sure. I tend to lean a bit over. I know this is a high total and I'm an yeah. under player. Mm-hmm. But I tend to lean a bit over in this spot because I don't think they're going to hold Miami under 28, and I think they're going to have to score with them. Right, and, and considering that, I mean, I mean, you look at this uh,
5: game, the matchups and everything, uh, every, I lean towards Miami in this matchup because uh, Devonta Smith has got the hamstring. They signed Julio Jones. What does that tell you, right? I, and I know Devonta Smith is, um, is questionable, but when you go out and sign a wide receiver when you don't need to, uh, unless you do, Uh, it tells you something uh, about what's going on with the Eagles. Uh, I I think the coordinators are playing into the fact of they don't have Shane Steichen. They don't have Jonathan Gannon, right? They have two guys that are trying to figure it out, uh, and Philly has been trying to figure it out offensively. Immensely talented, very, very good football team, but yet not there yet. Whereas Miami, they're clicking offensively. Um, uh, To me, Miami's identity is finesse. They're not a physical, physical team, even though they want to run it. When that physical aspect of their game shows up, I I wonder how teams are going to handle it. And I wonder if McDaniel can get that out of Miami. They're going to have to play physical in this game uh, against that Eagles defense. And then certainly on the other side, defensively uh, for the dolphins, they're they're going to have to buckle up chin strap uh, uh, for what the Eagles want to present. So, I, I I lean Miami in this game. I, I think it's going to be outstanding game. I'm not a total player, mm-hmm. but I would I would lean to the over as well because like how are you going to slow down uh, this offense? And I don't care who you are. And I know Buffalo did it, but there's familiarity there within your within your division. Uh, so I, yeah, Miami is they're they're just a strong strong football team right now. So sitting at five and one right now, the Miami
3: Dolphins their victories are at the Chargers, and we kind of realize the Chargers aren't that great. At the Patriots, disaster. Home Broncos, disaster. Home Giants, disaster. Home Carolina, only winless team we have in the NFL right now. Their one loss, Buffalo Bills, a team that we think is a contending team. Big loss, forty eight to twenty. How much do we know about the Miami Dolphins?
5: I I see a lot. I mean, (laughs) they – so the aspect that was missing last year from this offense that was highly potent at the beginning of the year again was the ability to run the football. They've established that already, Uh, and they can lean on that. And They're keeping Tua upright, the timing and the rhythm of the offense. And then uh, I don't know how you stop Tyreek Hill at this point uh, unless he has a – uh, problem cramping, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or if he gets banged up a little bit, I don't I don't know how you stop the guy. Waddle too. Uh, now they got Claypool. I mean, I don't know what Claypool's is going to do for it, but they're so balanced. They're averaging thirty-one points a game uh, the last three games, which you know if you look at the season, they're almost forty points a game. And and to the to your point, Femi about the the quality the opponent, but I just see an offense that can do what they want to do and dictate to the mm. opponent as well.
4: You average 38 points a game. There's still six NFL defenses they played, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. There's
4: still six. Um, so I don't think the Patriots, you know, I guess the Patriots held them to 24 uh, and the Bills on those two road games within the division uh, mm. are, are the outliers to, to, uh, to that statistic. But they're, they're such a timing offense, right? right? They run the ball, but they run the ball with those quick, quick outside runs. And so I guess you have to disrupt their timing and disrupt Tua, which is easier said than done. Can the Eagles do it? Can the secondary hold up? I'm not sure. Yeah. I think Hurts, the running game was so good and dynamic last year, and it's, it hasn't been that way thus far. And so it's put more pressure on him. Right. And we see the three turnovers last week. Um, that's not to say that he can't do it, but he doesn't have that advantage where you have to fear that running game all three downs right right and the secret to the running game and and this is key because San Francisco uses it
5: as a defense you're never right trying to stop the wide zone because formationally uh, they can create mismatches they can create double teams they got bigger wide receiver now Claypool they're gonna have to get him to block and they can convince him I think that's really been the biggest difference uh, for Miami is that they they have guys that have that willingness to to block downfield so in other words If you are running the wide zone and you can stay outside with it with your speed, you can cut it back uh, if the defense over pursues, or you can just bang it up in there and get as many yards as you can. Seldom do we see that from Miami. We either see them hitting the sideline, keeping it wide, or cutting it back when the defense over pursues. And so... Mike McDaniel, who was a run coordinator at San Francisco, yeah. he's established that now with Miami. And that, if you love San Francisco, why are you going to start hating on a running game in Miami now? Now, they do lack physical prowess, though. They're, they're, not that, they're not San Francisco in that regard from a mindset standpoint. But from a scheme, they do everything just like San Francisco does and, and, and everything that San Francisco has made successful for, them, for themselves.
3: Yeah, no, the scheme is awesome to watch. I mean, the one of the most fun teams seems like they're having the most fun of any team in the NFL this season. Uh, Greatest show on surf, I think, is the name that people have been (laughs) kicking around as a potential nickname for this offense. But uh, we're only six games in. They don't need a nickname now. But if they continue to play this way into the second half of the season, maybe we'll cook something up there from an injury standpoint, though. uh, Jalen Carter, the Eagles rookie defensive tackle, sounds like he is good to go and play in this game, as is Darius Slay, their number one corner. But it sounds like Reed Blankenship, their safety, their green dot guy. Uh, when Kobe Dean is out, he's going to be out of this game. So no ship there. I believe Devontae Smith should be okay, but hamstring, wide receiver, not two things that you want to kind of hear there with Devontae Smith. Uh, let's get over though to Baltimore. Uh, the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens, interesting kind of push-pull in this market. We've been hanging out at three, but the juice has been moving around though. Ravens are the favorites, total 43. And this is another kind of statement opportunity for the Detroit Lions against a good team on the road.
4: I like the Lions to win this game outright, Pritch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because I think they can run the ball on Baltimore and dictate this game. Baltimore, I don't think, unless Detroit turns the ball early, will ever get control of this game, uh, which Michael Lombardi speaks about having control of a game. Mm -hmm. You could argue that in this game, you've seen the two most effective quarterbacks in the NFL this year in golf. And Lamar. Yeah. Uh, and and I know they have a great running game, but I, I would look at golf in the MVP market a little bit. Two is your favorite right now. I think that's a balloon that could burst at any point. Yeah, maybe Sunday uh, night. And Mahomes is second by default, right? Because he just starts there. Mm-hmm. Um, golf's interesting. I mean, here we're at Circa Purdy's fourth at six to one, even coming, coming off the loss. So it's pretty interesting. I think Detroit stays always within, within shot of Baltimore in this game and probably has the lead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread my bet. I'm going to take some 125. I'm also going to take three okay. as a contest yep. play, and I'll take three live as well.
5: No, it's a good bet. I mean I, I think there's good bets all over the place because golf, as an MVP standpoint, this could be a signature game. Looking at the injury report, and you said about running the ball, I agree with you. They're going to have to, but Jameer Gibbs, he's got the hamstring. Yep. Um, Montgomery has ribs. That's going to be painful. He hasn't practiced yet. Uh, and then their third guy, Reynolds, has a hamstring. They don't have any running backs. <laughs> yeah. So unless they get magical or creative, uh, you know, running the ball, they're going to have to lean on golf. So that plays into, you know, golf can light up this Baltimore defense. Okay, now you're really talking about this guy as MVP type of quarterback.
3: Yeah. hundred percent. And also keep in mind, there sounds like there might be a little bit of wind on the East coast that applies to the Philadelphia game as well yeah. as his Baltimore one could be in that 10 to 20 mile per hour wind range, not to play meteorologist, but we know once the winds kind of get up to that 20 mile per hour range, that's when uh, the unders tend to get set into this one. I can't really decide who I think is going to win this game. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, if I, I think I would lean towards the Ravens just off of home field advantage and out of respect to Lamar and John Harbaugh, but I can, the lions have impressed me so far this season. I was yeah. skeptical heading into the year. They've done nothing but impress and they have established themselves as a contending team in the NFC. On the other side, Zach Cohen will join us and we'll break down this week's slate in college football.
2: This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now, here is your host, Up FFA on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back, Mrs triple option here on the Lombardi Lion. Femi Bebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here hanging out at the Circa Resort and Casino and joining us now to break into some college football discussion. It's our buddy Zach Cohen, VEASAN betting analyst, writer. Check out all his work over on VEASAN.com. He does awesome work there with the, uh, I believe, 6-0 a couple weeks ago there with the college football best bets. Also does a weekly Heisman bet. We'll get into the Heisman in just a bit. But Zach, we appreciate you joining us here this morning. Let's talk about Penn State, Ohio State, Game of the week this week in college football Buckeyes right now four and a half point favorites the total sitting at 45 and a half what do you think of this uh big noon kickoff big game that we have coming up tomorrow morning
6: I think that that number feels high. I know it's not really a high total on itself, but I think these are two defenses that are both top five in the nation and scoring defense. I don't think that either of these quarterbacks have proven themselves against top defenses. Drew Aller actually has struggled in both of his road games this year. So I wonder how he's going to play at Ohio state. And we kind of saw a game like this with Ohio state against Notre Dame, where, you know, Kyle McCord didn't play that well for the Buckeyes in that game, but they won a 17, 14 game there. I could see this being somewhat similar, maybe 21-17 or something like that. Although maybe, yeah, maybe 24-17 because I do like Ohio State slightly in there. But I do think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I think that both defenses are going to get into the backfield, make the opposing quarterbacks uncomfortable. And yeah, I think it'll be a fun game to watch because it's an exciting matchup, but maybe not a fun one in terms of explosive plays.
4: Let's talk about an even more fun Big Ten matchup, Zach. And let's stay uh, in your neck of the woods with Iowa, taking on Minnesota in this historically low total. Now, through the years you know, being a Badger, that Wisconsin's always been able to run the ball against Iowa. They could not. They could not run the ball. And if Iowa doesn't break an 82-yard run on third and two, the game's probably still 6-6 and they're trying to convert two points in overtime in <laughs> Madison. 30 and a half it sits at right now. Minnesota played the second worst offense in the country in terms of yards per game in Eastern Michigan. Held them to six. Now they take on the worst in Iowa. Uh, who's ranked, by the way, nationally. We touched 30 at Circa yesterday for about a minute and a half. It went back to 30 and a half. Any thoughts on the total here?
6: Yeah, I, mean, I don't have a play on that game, but I do think that I would lean towards the under. It just does feel like they're going with, as low with it as possible to try to beg people to take the over. I don't think there's anyone out there that really wants to take the over in an Iowa game, but I do think it's going to be insanely low scoring. I think it'll look a lot like last week's game. I don't Yeah, I, I think it goes under that 30 number.
5: You know, Zach, I want to turn your attention to a game. I'm interested in betting, to be honest with you. is that's Tennessee and Alabama, Um You know, we're in the month of October getting through it in Alabama outside the top 10. I don't know when the last time that's happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the mystique is off of uh, the Bama program, I think, right now. And uh, chance for Tennessee. But, you know, I haven't watched a lot of Tennessee football. And certainly the quarterback is capturing a lot of people's attention. Uh, Your thoughts on this matchup here?
6: I actually like Alabama. I don't think that the Tennessee offense has looked really good this year. I think that it's been completely different with Joe Milton under center as opposed to Hendon Hooker. So I think that the Vols are going to have a really tough time scoring on an Alabama defense that I do think is really good. And I actually think the Tide are starting to sneak up a little bit and which could be, you know, turn into a contender of it in the SEC. They're 4 and 0 since turning back to Milroe under center. And three and one against the spread. I know last week was a little bit ugly, but they were in control for most of that game. And I do think that this week the defense will be overwhelming for Tennessee. And I don't think the Vols are going to be able to really slow down the tide. So I do think that that's going to be a game where the tide end up covering the eight and a half and, you know, throwing on top of it, it's a a revenge game for Saban from that loss last year. I do think that you're going to see Alabama playing pretty well out there.
4: Before Femi asks you about a game you actually do have a best bet on. How about the total here? Tide have given up four sacks or more four straight games. The dirty little secret is they're not really good at pass protecting this Alabama offensive line. And if there's one thing Tennessee can do, it's rush the passer. I played this under 48-and-a-half, Zach.
6: Yeah, I think I'd go with the under as well. I do think that, you know, neither one of these offenses right now is all that explosive. Like I said, I do like Milrow better for the tied under center, but there was, you know, the mess where they tried every single quarterback they had on the roster. <laughs> they still haven't really found a solution to turn into a great offense. I think that they're, you know, a decent offense now with Milrow because of his legs, but not one that's going to put up a lot of points, especially against this defense.
3: Yeah, it got a little uncomfortable last Saturday as yeah. well against Arkansas there. I <laughs> thought for a second we might see Wu-Pig Sui with a big upset at Brian Denny. We're hanging out here with Zach Cohen, some betting analyst. Check him out over on X at BettingOnX, uh, formerly known as Twitter, uh, is where you can find Zach on social media. Well, let's talk about Clemson and Miami. The Tigers, three-point road favorites down there in Coral Gables, total sitting at 48 and a half. This is this just kind of a play against a hurricane team to where it seems like things have just gone off the rails after the debacle a couple of weeks ago?
6: It's a little bit of that. I mean, that loss two weeks ago is the type that could really suck the life out of a team for a season. You know, they're going into that matchup against North Carolina. They should have been both undefeated, you know, a big game for, you know, potentially the ACC winner. But, you know, you lose that game, it really changes your you know their fortune for the rest of the year. And now I do think that they're playing against a Clemson team that I also think is pretty underrated. I know that Clemson had, you know, two losses, one to Duke, one to Florida State. But both of those games were a lot closer than you might think. And, you know, Clemson's defense is 26th in the nation in scoring defense. Uh, they're top 10 in Havoc rating. I think that they're going to make Miami's offense a little bit uncomfortable. I don't know if that means that they completely shut them down, but I think they could get off the field in key moments. And I don't know if I feel the same about the Hurricanes. They just let up 50, uh, 500 total yards against the Tar Heels last week. And Clemson's coming off a bye where they can kind of work on things offensively, dissect that film, see what North Carolina did. And I just really like Clemson. Clemson in a game where they pretty much just have to win because of the low spread. And under Dabo Swinney after a bye week, Clemson is 25-7 and straight up, 18-12-2 against the spread. So
3: I do like the spot for them as well. All right. We'll see if the Clemson Tigers can get it done. Let's get to the betting market that has captivated bettors across America here, Zach. And that is the Heisman Trophy. Uh, <laughs> oh captivated <my> Femi. <laughs> yeah. It <has> captivated <laughs> me for, for sure. More. Zach has written an awesome column <laughs> weekly. Check. We encourage everyone on vcin.com. Zach writes about the Heisman every single week. And right now the favorite is uh, Michael Penix of the Washington Huskies. An odds-on favorite right now. And after the dust has sort of settled from last week's Oregon-Washington game, uh, do you think that this is a good time to enter the market? And then the second part here, Can any of the quarterbacks in Penn State, Ohio State, enter the conversation, whether it's Drew Aller or Kyle McCord? I
6: don't think either of those two quarterbacks can enter the market just because I don't think that they're playing good enough football over the course of the entire year. Obviously, you know, a big performance in a game like this will have them jump up in the odds board. But I don't think that either of them have done enough this season to get it done. But I do think that this is a time where you can jump into the market a little bit. I think that Drake May is a really good play at plus 1,800 right now. His name is kind of buzzing a little bit because there's been some talk of him going number one in the NFL draft over Caleb Williams now. So I think people are going to be watching those games really closely. And that offense looked explosive last week with Tez Walker, you know, fully integrated into things. He is the star that everybody said he was going to be for UNC. I think that they have a real good chance of running the table. You know, they have to win a road game at Clemson. But if they do win that game, you're going to see them at plus 500 or less. I think that that's one that I'd definitely be looking to jump into. And I kind of think that Penix Jr., I know that he deserves to be at the top of the list. He's, you know, the numbers this year are outrageous. The win over Oregon was incredibly impressive, but there are some really tough spots on that schedule still remaining for Washington. They have to go at USC and at Oregon state. And then they play a home game against Utah. Like I just don't think it's crazy to think that the Huskies are still going to lose a game or two this season.
5: You know, Zach, I love best bets uh, situations because that creates opportunity, right? Uh, And you have one I'm very interested in, the Patriots plus eight and a half uh, versus the Bills. Uh, What do you see in this one?
6: Yeah, this is a little bit of a fade on the Bills schedule situation. I think that having to go to London, coming back and not taking the bye week has them looking a little fatigued. And we saw it a little in a game where they came out flat against the Giants in a game where the Giants were playing pretty much with a completely decimated offensive line down to Tyrod Taylor, and I honestly think Darren Waller probably catches that ball where they missed the defensive pass interference in the end zone, so I think they really should have lost that game, and it's two kind of lackluster performances in a row for Buffalo. Now they go to New England, who I think is a little bit better defensively than we've seen this season, even though they're banged up in the secondary, but it's going to be you know a rainy, windy game, so I don't think it's going to be easy for the Big to throw the football in that one, so I think it's a lot of points for the Pats, and I kind of think they're going to figure things out offensively sooner rather than later. I know Mac Jones is kind of on the hot seat right now, but you know teams are moving the ball on the Buffalo defense. They're not quite punching it in, but you know if the Pats get down the field, I think Stevenson can find the end zone. You know, one or two times in this game, or something, or maybe Ezekiel Elliott does it. But I, I think this will be somewhat low-scoring game, and I think eight and a half is a lot
3: for a low-scoring game. Yeah, we're expecting some wind in the Foxborough area as well. And also of note, Ed Oliver, their star defensive tackle, he is out for this game that goes alongside with Daquan Jones, who's out for the rest of the season. So maybe Buffalo a little bit thin in the middle of their defense. Maybe they can be ran on uh, on Sunday against the New England Patriots. He is Zach Cohen. Check out all of his work over at VEASAN.com. He's a VEASAN betting analyst and writer. Check him out on Twitter at BettingOnX. Zach, we appreciate it, man. And good luck with the bets. Yep, thanks for having me on, guys. Awesome stuff there from Zach. That is it for hour number one. Hour number two, we're cranking up the heat with more analysis on the DraftKings
1: Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.